0: Welcome to the 250th episode of the Bates Bobcast, our weekly podcast where we take a look at the week that was in Bates Athletics. My name is Aaron Morrison. this week we're previewing the skiing seasons. Plus, Mia Roy propelled women's basketball to a history-making win in their NASCAR opener. And the swim teams swept a pair of dual meets over the weekend. Meanwhile, football standout Brennan Costa is living the dream. He'll play in Monday's All-Star Dream Bowl. That's coming up. On the Bates Bobcast. The Bates women's basketball team is eight and three on the year. 1-0 in NESCAC play and receiving votes in the D3Hoops.com Top 25 poll after defeating Wesleyan on the road Sunday by a final score of 91-82. to The 91 points were the most in a NESCAC game for the women's basketball team in the last 20 years. Senior Mia Roy led the way with a career-high 32 points, being named the Maine State Player of the Week, and she is our female Bobcat of the Week. Bobcat of the Week, Mia Roy with us here on the Bobcast talking some women's basketball and Mia, career high, 32 points for you at Wesleyan on Sunday. What was clicking so well? I watched some of the highlights, uh, knocking down some threes, I noticed, a lot of free throws as well. But what was really clicking for you personally on the court?
1: I was just feeling really confident, and I think that it was, you know, first Nescat game, so I was feeling good. The team was feeling good. So I think it was a really good team win.
0: How has the team been adjusting to, you know, some of the schedule changes you've had to deal with and so on and so forth, just being as flexible as possible, I imagine, right?
1: Yeah, I know. It's definitely frustrating, but I think we're all just happy to play, taking advantage of every game and opportunity we have. So that's been our outlook and our coach's outlook on that.
0: And for you, I mean, you mentioned, uh, you know, the team win aspect of it. This team has a lot of depth and it seems like it, it's been needed in recent weeks, certainly. But how did it come together yesterday in terms of, you know, two players had double doubles. Megan Graf had 10 assists also. What was that like to see that happen?
1: I know. It was just so nice to see like that team win. I mean, everyone just played so well and it was nice to see it all come together. Um, And then like people off the bench were scoring a lot too. So it was just really great to see.
0: So as a senior, what have you been working on in your game specifically this year?
1: Finding my role in the team. I feel like every year it's changing. And as a senior, it's just more important to lead. And I feel like I'm just trying to have as much energy, as much confidence and like, working really hard. Um, and I feel like people have been following that.
0: What's the senior class like? I mean, what's the dynamic like? You've got you know, Ariana Dali at the top of my head, um, also class of 2022. Taylor McVeigh coming back for an extra year. Um, mm-hmm. You came in with Megan Graff, even though she's now technically a junior. So what, What's this group like though?
1: It's just so nice that there's so many different tools, I feel like, in the senior class. And uh, the past couple of years, we've only had one, I believe one senior each of my years. Mm. Um, so it's just so nice to have a group of uh, five of us, just all have different roles and able
0: to lead and help our team be successful. What do you see your role as on this team? You mentioned finding your role, what, what do you see it as?
1: Um, I would just say, I I feel like I lead by example a lot and just try and work as hard as possible, bring a lot of energy uh, I feel like people really pick up on that.
0: One of the signature wins this year was during non-conference play um, at Bowen, Uh that victory when they were ranked uh, very high in the country. What was that game like from your perspective?
1: Um, that game was just so fun. I think we've been wanting to be Bowden for a while. It was just so nice and so rewarding to see it actually all come together.
0: What are some things the team's been working on during this time frame where you've had games cancel, you know, during practice, what's been kind of the focus of uh, the practices in your opinion? I honestly
1: feel like it's mostly just keeping ourselves like mentally ready, mentally prepared, you know, like we're getting so many different things thrown at us, but it's like, okay, how can we stay focused on
0: what's ahead? Any other thoughts on goals you have kind of moving forward this season? Uh,
1: I mean, we're trying to win. So (laughs) chip away each, each conference game, each non-conference game. That's our, next step towards national championship.
0: Well, this weekend you have a rematch with Amherst, right? In NESCAC play. What do you think you kind of learned from the first time around against them? I mean, they had one
1: guard that just really stumped us in the first half and think it took us the whole half to try and figure out how we can best defend her. And she made a lot of opportunities for the rest of her team. So at, at the second half, I think that we definitely did a lot better and now, now we know what she does and how we can make it
0: work. The swimming and diving teams took to the road and swept St. Michael's and Middlebury in dual meets over the weekend. The men's team was led by senior captain Peter Corey, who won the 100-yard freestyle on Saturday and the 50-yard freestyle on Sunday. He also placed second in the 200-yard freestyle and the 500-yard freestyle against the Panthers. And Peter Corey is our male
2: Bobcat of the week. It's very important that we kind of drill into everyone how important training is nowadays and how getting ready for meets is as well, because a lot of the freshmen and sophomores haven't had that experience competing and practicing consistently. So that's been a journey in and of itself. And also, uh, we've been trying, me and my fellow captain, Jack Johnson, have been trying to make them, under, make everyone understand how important it is during COVID to be safe and make smart decisions So that's also a daily occurrence, but yeah, it's been fun. And I'm looking forward to the rest of the season with my job and all being a captain.
0: Take us to this past weekend, a couple of meets there. Bobcats won both. Um, What were some highlights from from your perspective?
2: Um, Some of the highlights were uh, just how I thought the team did really well considering that we had, I believe, five guys out due to COVID. Um, And so a lot of our guys really stepped up to fill in some places that were empty because of these absences uh one highlight for me was um uh, I definitely thought one of our sophomores Will Dewey put in a great performance because he was replacing one of the juniors Edmund Jong in the uh, a relay for the 200 medley relay he did a great uh, 50 butterfly leg there and uh yeah he did really well um we weren't expecting it and yeah it was a big surprise and also um for the on middlebury we were down like i said five guys and their team is massive and very deep and uh overall we put in some really fast swims and yeah we weren't expecting it so it was a huge surprise
0: now you're you're a freestyle um swimmer mostly right for the bobcats yes okay so um what makes that the stroke kind of for you
2: i don't know i used to i used to do uh the 200 IM. i used to do all four strokes but i guess now this is my fourth year here i I've really developed into a strong freestyler. Maybe I think I've gotten taller too and uh, more built, I guess. And that's very important for the freestyle. So I've just been drilling out the 50 free, the 100 free and the 200 freestyle. I had some really good splits this weekend regarding those three races. I think I won two of them. Um, And I also do the 400 free relay, 200 free relay. I do a lot of it. So I don't know what happened, but I think after my sophomore year, I started swimming much faster than everyone expected in the freestyle.
0: I'm curious about um, some of your goals in your mind for this year, for, your, for yourself individually as a senior, for the team going forward also.
2: For the NESCAC's conference meet, we would like to um, hold on to our fourth place position. Um, so, yeah, we would really like to beat Colby and Bowden again. Um, so get fourth in the NESCAC's solid fourth and maybe even, you know, compete for third with Amherst likely. Um, we'd also like to beat Bowden and Colby again for the uh, CBB weekend. That's very important to us. We did it two years ago. And yeah, we'd like to keep that tradition. Um, and also probably the last goal would probably be to send a few guys to nationals. So two years ago, we were able to get Nathan Barry going in the 100 backstroke. And now we would like to be able to send a relay at least along with some individual swims if possible. So there's some team goals uh, individually, for me, I would like to um, do really well in NESCACs. I'd say uh, make some A or B, even C finals. Um, I'd like to drop time in the 50, 100, and 200 freestyle. And of course, I would love to be on that A relay that goes to nationals. I have been in the A relay, and I would like I would like to further it after Nescax. yeah.
0: I'm curious, you mentioned the CBB. I remember the meet a couple of years ago. Um Colby the Colby meet I believe right at home
2: that, that is right yeah
0: dramatic right i mean was that the okay. was that the most thrilling meet of your career
2: it was i remember um it was neck and neck and then i went into the 200 am alongside andrew hall and the coach was like you guys have to win this or we're not going to win the meet so me and andrew went in we both we went one and two in that and then right after i had to go into the 200 free relay and that's where where it was crunch mode because like the way the the meets are scored, relays are scored, is that if you get first in the relay, you get a lot more points in second and third. So coach is like, we're ahead right now, but if we get second, it's over, we lose. So he's like, we need to go. We need to go now. <laughs> we need to win. But I was gassed after the 200 IM, am, and it was right after. So I was like, take me out of this, put me in the B relay, and uh, put one of our alumni, Tanner Fuller, in instead. And they did, and they won. It was a total miracle. It was the most fun I've ever had in a swim meet. But yeah, it was. I remember that. I... I look forward to more moments like that. Hopefully we get some dramatic finishes next week, maybe, maybe in two weeks from now, but yeah.
0: You touched on this earlier about, you know, leadership and everything. What, what have you been, you know, you mentioned the importance of training obviously in COVID and and staying safe. But the sophomores in the first years, what do you notice about them? How are they adjusting to the program
2: so far? Oh, they've been adjusting really well. Um, They're swimming fast, um, very fast this past weekend. uh, I think we had a, three or four of our guys, maybe even six of them all get best times uh, from the freshmen and sophomores, uh, which is really impressive considering this past week, we've been training a lot, like a lot, a lot, twice a day, two hours. So almost five hours each day for the past week training. We also come back from training trip in Florida. So everyone's sore. Everyone's tired, but then when they need to, when the freshmen and sophomores, especially when they need to step up, they do it right. Uh, They dropped a lot of time. And hopefully we can keep that trend going. And like the most I can do is encourage them, right? And uh, tell them to keep grinding in the pool and practice. They've been doing a great job. And I think they'll continue doing that.
0: How was training trip this year? Was it a little different than past years?
2: It was actually very similar. It was a lot of fun. Um, Obviously, we... We stayed at one pool, we only did 50 meters, of 50 meter long course training, which was very tough. Uh, Maybe we can owe some of our success, early success right now to that tough training regimen. But it was actually incredible. I was really glad as a senior, I was able to do it one last time. Um, The guys had a lot of fun, same with the women. Uh, We went to the beach every day after, before practice. Um, Obviously we had to play pretty smart in terms of COVID. Um, Not a lot of going out like we've done in previous years. Stayed stayed at our uh, resort, stayed on the beach, and just went to the pool. No, no crazy stuff going on in other aspects, but it was some tough training. I think overall, I think someone added it up. We did like fifty miles worth of swimming, maybe maybe more. But it was it was tough. I'll say that it was tough, but really worth it. Uh, a lot of fun,
0: certainly. Well, I noticed your your biology major and your concentration is public health. Uh, <laughs> that's a little of um, I guess. On the nose for the last couple of years, right? How has that been?
2: The academics have been very tough. I'd say it's been tough making the transition from in-person to online to in-person this past semester. Now it looks like we're going online again. I don't know, but we'll see how I finish off. Uh, it, like you said, I am a biology and public health major. Uh, it's very timely, <laughs> I'd say. Uh, and I'm interested in pursuing public health after after college. Yeah.
0: Terrific. Well, what are other thoughts you wanted to share about the season so far? Um, what stood out to you that we haven't gotten to talk about?
2: One thought. I think this is the strongest men's team we've had ever. So for list, for those listening, be prepared for some fast times at NESCACs, at the CBB weekend, and hopefully Nationals. We have a very strong men's team.
0: Excellent. Peter Corey, Male Bobcat of the Week. Thanks so much for joining us on the Bobcast. Really appreciate it.
2: Thank you for having me.
0: The women's swimming and diving team entered the new year ranked 11th in the country, and the Bobcats did not disappoint, remaining undefeated on the year with their wins at St. Michael's and Middlebury. Senior Maya Reynoso Williams won the 1,000-yard freestyle on Saturday and followed that up by winning the 200- and 500-yard freestyle races on Sunday.
3: We had a lot of really great swims. I think we're at a a point in the season where we're just coming off of like 9, 10 days of training trip in Florida and then some solid Doubles for four days, and then two meets back to back. So, right now we're really looking at um, at how we can race and um, the times. I mean, I know I throw up sometimes, and were not all that spectacular. But the point is to like get out there and race and learn how to out touch the person next to you and really stay ahead. Um, and I think we did a really good job of that. Um, we it was you know we had five six hour bus ride up to Vermont, and then we got right off the bus and started swimming. So. Um, It took a little bit of warm up to get going, but um, no, I was, I was really impressed with everyone's ability to just like put everything behind them and just focus on getting to the
0: wall first. And the last time we had you on the Bobcast was February of 2020 coming off a a strong WPI invitational. And then just things went um, crazy haywire throughout the country. How have you adjusted? How have you, how did you spend last year and how have you gotten back in the swing of things in the competition?
3: Yeah. Um, last year was definitely like, you know, we knew we weren't going to have a season. So it's like we have we have a year to train and then we hopefully have a season this year, which thank God we have so far. Um, so we went to the pool five, six days a week to practice. And yeah, we just kind of put our heads down and train for the year, knowing that we weren't really going to be racing schools in person. We had a couple of inter-squad meets, which were really fun just to um, put some fast suits on and, and race and get some pool records Um, but I think, I think everybody really understood that nobody knew what was going to happen with COVID. So it was all about training. And then once we found out we had a season, we're like, okay, now we can get excited. And now we can start planning and thinking about goals for, for racing and for the end of, end of
0: NESCACs. And the women's team this year is undefeated, including the victory in the main state meet. Uh, That's always nice to beat the rivals there, right? What was that experience like?
3: Oh yeah. It's really fun. Main state's always so fun because Colby and Bowden are there. And so we get to kind of feel them out before we race them in dual meets. Um, so it was just nice to see them. And also the new Colby facility where we're both men and women are going to be having our end of season championship meet.
0: It was really nice to go there and see the pool and see the blocks we'd be working with. It was fun. And now those Colby and Bowden dual meets are approaching. What are the similarities and differences between those? And when you play, when you face them in the main state meet kind of
3: um a a big one that stands out is just um, our depth as a team when there are multiple teams racing at an invite um having you know a handful of of really fast swimmers and then a handful of really solid but medium swimmers is really important in those meets and we saw that with our with our women placing first and our men placing third and um and but at dual meets, you know, if they've got a couple of fast people, like they're getting first in all of those events because we're not other teams aren't taking the points away from them. So it's it's you know, our depth is really going to help us at these dual meets, um, but it's going to be great to outtouch them and get some first too.
0: Now, for you personally, you're a freestyler. How does how does that become kind of your stroke growing up, training and coming into college?
3: Um. Well, freestyle is really primarily the stroke that you swim when coach says get in and warm up you're swimming right. freestyle <laughs> um i think i i was recruited as a freestyler and kind of a backstroker and butterflyer, but when you get to college, it's like, what can you do to contribute to your team and how do you best help your team out? And when I got here, the best way to do that was to put me in the 500 and 200 freestyle. Um, and that continues to be the best way to do that since I've kind of been training that, um, for the past four years now. Um, I do like to mix in some backstroke and practice just to, just to ease up on the shoulders a little. Um, but yeah, it's just kind of one of those things where you get to college and it's like, how, what, how do I help? Like, what is the best way to support my team? So this is, this is how I do that.
0: Yeah. Cause your first two years, you help the team get all America honors in the 800 yard freestyle relay your first year and your sophomore year. Is that another goal this season or is there other races possibly as well?
3: Oh yeah, no, I'm definitely really excited about our eight free relay this year. Um, we've got some fast 200 freestylers. So hopefully you know, we get to nationals and, and score some points there. That'd be really fun. Um, and we, like, we've just recruited some great classes since, since COVID shut everything down. So our freshmen and sophomores are, you know, ready to go and a bunch of them have B cuts now. Um, so they'll be swimming individually if if we make them, if we get them there on relays, which is really exciting.
0: Yeah. Well, speaking of those uh, first years and sophomores, uh, you know, they've had an interesting transition to college, to say the least. As a senior, how do you provide maybe leadership or, you know, how do you answer like other questions about what it takes to su- succeed as a Bobcat now that you're actually competing, right?
3: <laughs> yeah, I think sometimes, I mean, we're like, our team is always there for each other and we're very loud and supportive and, you know, high fives after every practice and you guys are doing great. Um, but sometimes it's just nice to let them know things that you've learned throughout the years. Like this weekend, I was like, guys, look like we, you're not supposed to be swimming your best times right now. Like we're so tired and we're in the middle of training, but it's really important that we race. And once we get to NESCACs and once we're on that taper, you are, you're going to be going so fast, but You just don't stress out about it right now. So I think just just letting them know the things that you've learned slowly as you've gone through your years of Bates is really important Um, just to put their minds at ease a little bit so they can just focus on like
0: taking a deep breath and racing and doing their best. How good was it to have train trip back this year?
3: Oh my God. It was so nice. It was one of those things you like, didn't even realize you missed until you got there. And you're like, I can't believe I won a year without this. It was really great. And it was really good for our team too. We just needed some time just away from Bates to be in our own, like Bates swim and dive bubble, swimming practice twice a day, spending the, the whole middle of the day at the beach. It was awesome.
0: And I know I was speaking with Peter Corey on the men's team. He's very excited for saying it. It's the strongest ever. I mean, both these teams really strong. What's that dynamic like to have, um, uh, um, you know, so many fast swimmers, uh, from women and men. Right. Yeah, it's
3: it's really great. It's like one of those things where you're like, oh, what what event am I swimming at this at this dual meet today? And you look to your left and your right and you're like, oh my God, like the the two people on my team racing next to me are just gonna do so great and they're gonna push us. And you know, like we can get one, two, three in this event. So
0: it's just really exciting to know that like your team is 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 doing great. What do you what goals do you have in your mind this year as a senior, you know, individually and for the team, perhaps?
3: Um, I think for the team, it would be I, the women's team is definitely looking to get like our largest um, nationals team that we've ever had, and I think we have a really good shot of doing that. Um, we have a really great lineup this year. I'm really hoping that the men, the men get a relay and a couple individual swims too, because it's it's been a little while since we had a solid men's team in nationals, and we're definitely a team that does better together with the men and the women's team. Um, yeah, and I and I want to be I want to be part of that team. I want to be right there with them and and help them along the way. So, well,
0: I was going to say because 2020 it would have been, I think, the largest women's contingent.
3: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think we were at like 11 women that year and with one man. And -hmm. did you end
0: up making the trip and having to be called back or did you never actually go?
3: No, we never actually left. I think we found out like two days before we were supposed to leave. Yeah.
0: So Some unfinished business there in your mind, right? Yeah, Yeah. for sure. Yeah. And in terms of uh, this year, you know, we mentioned some of the goals you mentioned, you know, being part of that, the young swimmers swimming those B cuts. I mean, how amazing is that to see for you? I mean, that's, that's terrific.
3: Oh, I know. It's so great. Uh, Yeah. Mainstay was a really exciting meet because, you know, I mean, like we were winning the women's team was winning and it was just so exciting to watch, but then you're looking up at the board and you're like, Oh my God, like that person is going to swim an individual, individual event at nationals, you know, if we get them on that relay. So yeah, it's just really exciting because it really helps you look like beyond NESCACs and think like our team can do better than place, you know, top four, top three at NESCACs. Like we can go to nationals and, and really do some damage there too.
0: Excellent. I think it's kind of a coincidence, but uh, two swimmers on this week—you and Peter—you're both uh, biology majors, and you have a concentration in public health, which is yes. a little bit on the nose. I, <laughs> not, what, what's that been like academically during this time? Um,
3: it's been pretty interesting. Um, I can't say I've taken a ton of classes that are like directly related to you know viruses and COVID and such, but. Um, Yeah, no, like I took cellular biochemistry last semester, which was just like interesting to think about um, COVID and public health disparities and stuff. Um, No, yeah, just being just being in all of my STEM classes as this whole pandemic has been panning out has been it's kind of nice actually because I have all these professors saying you know like we get it this is hard but this is what we know about the virus and this is what we think
0: I'm like okay like I trust you guys you have
3: your PhDs in microbiome and all this so
0: yeah it's been very comforting and then just any other thoughts you wanted to share on the meets this past weekend uh, or on season going forward we haven't got to talk about yet
3: Um, We're really excited for our Colby and Bowdoin dual meets both the men's and women's team are really hoping to be CBB champs this year in terms of dual meets so yeah if we can have bait spectators we definitely want people to come out and support us at Tarbell should COVID allow because we're really excited and getting pumped up to do that.
0: All right sounds good Myra Noso-Williams thank you so much for joining us on the Bobcast really appreciate it.
3: Thanks so much for having me.
0: In other Bates Athletics news, the men's squash team won at Middlebury for the first time ever, defeating the Panthers 7-2 on Sunday. Both squash programs have busy weeks, and we'll catch you up with them next episode. Meanwhile, the men's basketball team is 5-4 on the year and 0-1 in NESCAC play after an 81-72 loss to number 23 nationally ranked Wesleyan on Sunday. The Bobcats were missing a number of key players in the loss and look to bounce back Friday on the road at Amherst. More winter sports start this week, including Alpine and Nordic skiing. The Bobcats compete at the Colby Carnival this Friday and Saturday. Alpine skiing head coach Kurt Samard looks forward to his first actual season with the Bobcats after last year got wiped out due to the pandemic.
4: It's been over a year and really excited. And I was thinking about it this morning. I, you know, we haven't, the team hasn't been in a carnival. I guess it's 22 months, I think is what it is. It's, it's, we're ready. We're ready. <laughs>
0: What's the practice been like so far? Um, I know the team does compete at some other events right before the carnival season. Could you uh, maybe elaborate on those?
4: We've got off to a good a good start Thanksgiving week with some training. We did a training camp and then we transitioned into some uh, some open races. We call, you know, open races, they're calm scrimmages. And so we've been able to see a little bit of, of how we're doing and um, we're pretty pleased. We're, we're pretty optimistic about, about what's going on and how we're doing and just really looking forward to getting going and, and to get in the real competition, you know, with the rest of the colleges.
0: So Ari Van Vuren, your captain on the men's side, uh, obviously has competed at the NCAA championships before he competed in one event uh, in 2020 before the next one got canceled. But um, tell us about him and what, what makes him such a good skier for the Bobcats.
4: He's really passionate about the sport. He puts in the time and the effort really really works hard um and you know i still think he's he's progressing um you know he's a he's a senior and he's really put a lot of time in i think at Bates, taking advantage of the opportunity that he had um i think you know he kind of mentioned to me that he really wasn't highly recruited um and i think he's he's his passion and his effort is really what have really shown for him and um really really hoping he leads the way with our squad this winter and uh Puts up some good results.
0: Yeah, and how is the men's team kind of coming together just in terms of maybe some standouts from the from the early season practices and whatnot and scrimmages? Yeah,
4: yeah, we're uh we're, we're interesting on the men's side. We we have six freshmen out of the eleven, so we we have a lot of young young talent, and um, it'll be interesting to to see where where they end up fitting in. You know, just you know, only six go each week. Right. So, you know, I've got to try to try to shuffle things around to give, give folks some opportunity. Um, You know, I think that uh, Crawford Jones is a junior that is, has been solid in the past. He's, he's had some, some good early season races and training. Um, So it'll be interesting. It'll be, it's, it's a different team than it was. You know, certainly, very different team than it was back. I wasn't there, but back, you know, back in March of whatever that was, twenty-two months ago, whatever that was. Um, sure. So, um, yeah. So the men's team, you know, I think I think Ari uh, Crawford, uh, Bo Underhill's that uh, has been solid, um, and there's others. I won't name too many more names. We'll see how it all shakes out. They'll 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 make their own name when they when they get there.
0: So you're still in the process of gathering the six for the Colby carnival and you, is this a big week for them or.
4: Yeah, it's pretty, we're pretty close. Probably tomorrow's training session. And then we'll, we'll, we'll do that lineup for this week.
0: Great. Great. And then on the women's side, um, I know last year you worked a lot. um, Even though there wasn't a season, you worked a lot with Joe Gillis. Uh, as one of the captains, and now Sarah Gillis is the captain on the women's side this year, senior captain, his sister. The Gillis, obviously, family, uh, uh, you know, big impact here at Bates, but um, tell us about Sarah Gillis and her leadership as a senior captain.
4: She she really cares about the team tremendously, and, um, you know, she's a good skier as well. I expect her to be scoring some points um, for us this season. Um, Tess Katu is a senior, and Daphne James, there's – on the female side, there's three of them that are really – really good leaders they, they any one of them can play a role as captain and um, they've been they've been really good and they're really really excited you know as as we talked about with Ari and stuff they, they're really excited to get going and get back to collegiate racing
0: Grace Shirewagon made an impact a couple years ago as a first year now she's a junior what are you seeing from her
4: yep yep Grace Grace is doing well um, she's she's really strong skier and um you know i think uh this past week particularly she's really started to find her stride so um good timing with that with her and um we have three freshmen um that i think will will get into the mix as well unfortunately one may have a a knee situation we're trying to work through that but we're ready to go on the women's side as well
0: yeah i mean health is such a big factor in skiing right because it's uh uh, it's injuries are, you know, a common occurrence, right? I'm yeah. Not... Yeah.
4: It, it's, it's staying, staying away from those injuries is, is important. Uh, and, you know, we, we've been healthy. Uh, so we'll just knock on wood and we'll keep right. keep on going.
0: Yeah. I was wondering, the women's roster a little bit smaller than the men's roster from a coaching perspective, you have, maybe you have fewer decisions to make perhaps, or maybe it's harder. I don't know. What's your perspective on that in terms of the size of the rosters?
4: Sometimes it's, I will have a, a few less decisions there. And um, so, but it also, you know, I think it's easier to be able to mix up and make sure that people are getting opportunities, you know, and, and, I, and again, on the men's side, it's, it's, it's a touch just the way that it worked out with the whole COVID off year and, and some people that took a deferment year. So that's why we, we ended up with the, the bigger group coming in as a freshman class. Um, but, you know, they're, they're good. They're, they're, they're working at it. They know they got to be patient with it and um you know i think i think right now i think any anything we can do is we we appreciate you know it's been a it's been a long long haul so um we're all appreciating the training and the and the racing that that we have done and and hopefully a, a clean season ahead here
0: as the as a team kind of come together and set any goals for each other uh, as a unit kind of this year or is that not something you discuss that much
4: we've done a few, I think we'll, we'll probably, kind of, we're going to try to be a little bit patient, maybe we get into the, get into the first carnival and then, and then start to just put some things out in, in front. It's just been, I feel like it's been so long since we've, we've been there that it. we need to get into a little bit of a um, tempo. But I think, you know, I mean, I think in general, you know, we, we sort of have a little model that we, we want to have fun. You know, we just feel like it's hard to be successful at something if you're not having fun with it. And so we want to have fun. We want to work hard and we don't want to have any regrets about what we put into it. That's kind of where, where we're at with it. And, um, I think there's a couple of few things, maybe goal-wise that, that we've discussed, um, you know, and, you know, just has to do with sort of where we stack up in in the mix, you know, um, with between the division one schools, the NESCAC schools and stuff like that. But, um, you know, and always, we always want to show well with the schools for sure.
0: Well, and then the Colby carnival, it's at Sugarloaf, right? This
4: yes. That's at Sugarloaf. Yep.
0: So how's that hill compared to Sunday river where you train?
4: Um, it's the, both are really good Sugarloaf is a really good hill. It's a really good giant slalom hill and a slalom hill. And, you know, we're lucky our hill is, is really, really great as well. So, um, and, and we do, because it's Sugarloaf, we do get on that hill so we know it pretty well so we don't feel it's probably our second home really yeah. uh, so we feel pretty good about it and yeah, i'm glad he... we're not going to be there on tuesday because it's going to be really cold on tuesday
0: <laughs> yeah yeah we're, we're talking a tomorrow we're tomorrow Wednesday. yeah yeah, yeah very yeah. very cold yeah, so yeah. when people are listening to this on tuesday when it comes out it's- it's a good day to listen to a podcast because it's pretty be yeah, yeah. cold outside. So you've also got St. Michael's, UVM, Dartmouth, Middlebury, and, and UNH this year. Um, you know, some I know. I know you, being a former UNH coach, must be pretty excited for that. At the end of February, right?
4: Yeah, yeah. They're they're uh, they're hosting the Eastern champs over at Cannon Mountain in New Hampshire. So yeah, that we're 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 looking forward to that. I mean, we start off with these. This week, and then St. Mike's, and then we get a, a, a break, a, a break week to, to regroup for the final four weekends. Um, but yeah, a lot of good uh, Stowe is a great, great uh, hill um, for UVM. UVM hosts at Stowe. St. Michael's is at Smuggler's Notch, and then uh, Dartmouth at Dartmouth Skiway. Um, so a lot of good, a lot of good hills, a lot of good tradition mountains that have rich tr- tradition in hosting ski races so it's a great it's a great lineup for a season um
0: and then the NCAA championships here are out in uh, Park City Utah so that um hopefully we can get some a few skiers out there right
4: yeah yeah that's that's the goal is to 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 get a get some people involved in that one and uh you know I think uh we'll just take it take it day by day but I I I think um Everything can go well. We'll we'll have some luck with that.
0: I was gonna say, Ari's been there, been to NCAA before. He must be very hungry to go back. I mean, I can only imagine. I think
4: so. Yeah, <laughs> I think I, I think so. Yeah, I mean, uh, almost almost to the point where managing that that hunger is where we're at with Ari. Uh, so <laughs> so, um but yeah, yeah, it's it's and, and it's good that that you know people know that that's possible. You know, for others on the team as well. So it's good.
0: Great. Well, any other thoughts you want to share about the upcoming season we haven't got to talk about yet?
4: Uh, well, I just, I mean, I, I, we're really looking forward to it. And we're looking forward to, you know, at times, you know, our our, our supporters and our alums getting to see, see some results and some video of us out there. Um, we're just looking forward to it. And we really appreciate the opportunity that we have in front of us. And we're going to have as much fun and take advantage of it.
0: Sounds good. Kurt Samar, thanks so much for joining us on the Bobcat to preview the season. All right, Aaron. Stay warm tomorrow. Head coach Becky Woods, Bates class of 1989, has been the head coach of the Bates Nordic skiing program since 1994. She joined us to preview how the Bobcats look entering 2022. Becky Woods with us here on the Bobcast, previewing the Nordic skiing season here for Bates. And first of all, Becky, just look at your roster it's the biggest I've seen in a number of years. Lots of athletes. How'd this come together? And does it make your job harder or easier as a coach? <laughs> <laughs> um,
5: both, I think, you know, in, in that light. Um, how did it come together? You know, I think it's a combination of a year off COVID, people taking, um, deferring a year, right? So we have really our first year classes filled with both um first years, and then um, those that might've been sophomores had we not had COVID last year. So, um, so I think that that was one of the reasons that, you know, we, we had such a big class. Um, It's, it's really fun. The energy is great. There's good talent, um, but it's a big team. And so we, um, you know, we want to make sure that we're Uh, working with everybody and meeting everybody's needs. Uh, And it also, um, you know, we'll see that you can't bring the whole team to all the carnivals, right? And that's a challenge too. So the larger the team gets, the harder that um, that is and those decisions are tough each week. So, um, but we're really looking forward to it. Um, I think it was due time that we had um, this influx uh, and I'm excited to see what happens.
0: Well, let's talk about your captains a little bit Uh, on the women's side. Olivia Skilling, senior from uh, right here in Maine in Portland. So what what makes her uh, kind of uh, the leader of the women? Whoo.
5: She's fantastic. Uh, She, you know, she really stepped into this role, uh, one, knowing that we had a really big team and two, um, I think. Having really been observant over the course of her um, three years prior on this team, knowing what she wanted, um, you know, to bring forward and knowing what she wanted to add as a leader, and um, she's done all of that. You know, she's really managed this really large women's team um, incredibly. Uh, she's organized. She's um, she's thoughtful. And, um, you know, I think the women know that she will um, be available a lot for them. Uh, and she's always really making sure that they have what they need. But even more importantly, she's um, been training really well. And I think it's, it's lifted her up, too, as an athlete. You know, she had a great year of training. Um, and I'm really, really excited to see what happens for her as you know, as a racer, right. That's the bottom line. That's why you're doing all this. And I think having this group to lead, um, really brought her into her own, um, you know, as a, as a leader, but also as a skier. Um, so I'm really, really psyched for her.
0: Excellent. And then on the men's side, Nathaniel Badger, tell us about him, senior captain from Edwards, Colorado. Yeah,
5: he's fantastic, too. You know, Natty's been steadfast over the course of the last four years. Um, Again, really communicative, really uh, making sure that the team has what they need. Um, You know, both of my captains, I feel like, you know, it's team first all the time. And Natty is um, a great example of that. And Uh, also trained really well, trained over the summer really well, uh, and has really stayed in touch with the group, and I think that's really going to help the men's team as we move forward, you know, they really are responsible for, um, you know, a lot of little things, Um, you know, we're on the road a lot, uh, and both Natty and Olivia are, uh, they keep
0: me in check, you know, and I really appreciate that. And I know some of the team members were just out in Utah, and you were there as well uh, for a big event. Um, we we cover the carnivals on our website, but I know there's a bunch of events before the carnival season, including this one out in Utah. Tell us about it.
5: Yeah, we went out to U.S. Nationals uh, in the, and they were hosted at Soldier Hollow out in Park City um, or Midway, Utah. And, you know, really, really fun to be out there, uh, really competitive field. It's an Olympic year. So some of the best skiers in the country are there trying to, you know, secure potentially those last few spots on the Olympic team. Uh, and, uh, you know, we've We've been going to this for a number of years now, you know, as long as I can remember, Um, but an Olympic year really makes it special. You know, we had a few of the World Cup members fly in and jump into the races and anytime you have that, you know, level of competition, um, you know, the whole field rises up to it. And so I think that experience for our athletes um, is really, really meaningful. Um, We had some great races out there as well. So a good opportunity to, you know, to test your own fitness. Uh, So we were excited to be out there and we're really, really good kickstart for us. And I think we're
0: really excited to get things rolling on the carnival circuit. Well, what's cool about that also is I believe the NCAA championships this year will be at that very same location, right? So absolutely, you know, you to, right? Yeah, absolutely. And one of the reasons a few of the, few of our athletes,
5: you know, chose to go because the more opportunity you'd have to one ski at altitude um, for the sea level crew, um, you know, is really really important. And these courses, um, you know, Soldier Hollow hosted the olympics a while back right so the courses are tough and i think any opportunity you have to get on that kind of a level of course race those races um you know it's going to help you uh
0: especially if you have the opportunity to head to ncaa's well speaking of that i don't want to put any pressure on any of our athletes but who are some of maybe the top performers who you're looking at to possibly make nationals this year
5: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, We've had some really good results so far. um, And it, it's not really a surprise because of the training that has been going on over the course of the last right year and a half. Um, I think that Terry Martin um, is going to have some really good races this year, he's going to put himself in contention. Um, Henry Raff, senior, uh, former runner for Bates, and now skier, uh, also has the ability. Um, you know to really be competitive in this field and then um, Matthias one of our first years uh, he's a little bit of a wild card but when he races fast look out everybody so you know I'm really um, and that's and that's just a few right I think importantly um, both the men's team is really looking to, be competitive on the circuit. And that means everybody needs to step into that role, right? So um, we might have some people at the front end, but we're really hoping that that, um, that full group is competitive in the front half of the, um, of the circuit. And on the women's side, um, you know, senior captain uh, Olivia Skillings, I think is gonna be leading the charge. Um, she's really fit, uh, Olivia Cuneo, who took the year off last year and trained in Bozeman, I think is ready to go. Um, and, and then we have a couple of first years that um, you know, we're not sure, right? They didn't even get to race last year that much, but uh, Marley Damp and Katie Watt both have been proving that they're gonna be competitive um, with this field um and you know we're really excited and again we have this big huge women's team um so we're going to have to see how that plays out as the season goes on you may see a few different people on the carnival team more so than you have in the past um so we're really excited about that
0: yeah so Kobe carnival is this weekend what are you sure looking forward to seeing um, in the first carnival of the year I mean for for half the team basically it's kind of a, a new experience just because there was no season last year right
5: that that is correct yeah I mean it's it's interesting for me this year you know I've um, you know we we go to do a 20k and I have some of the some of the women uh, and or men saying oh I haven't done one yet I'm like what you haven't done one yet and Of course they haven't, you know, they didn't race last year um, and we sort of forget that. So, you know, I think it's really important that we keep it in perspective as we head into the, you know, into the carnival this weekend. Um, But we're also, you know, really, really excited about it. Um, You know, the uh, right now um, Colby's skiing on a two and a half K loop, right? So it's a man-made loop because snow is not, Um, where we would want it to be right now but I think the course will be in really good shape and we'll get to see them a lot so we'll have uh, good support during the race uh, over the course of the weekend but it's a equal distance event this week so we're doing a 5k for everybody 5k classic and a 20k skate for everybody Um, so that will be really fun um, you know really fun to, to watch play out
0: Great, and then you touched on this earlier, but it is an Olympic year. Olympics coming up in February, and we do have uh, some somewhat breaking news on the Bobcast. On Sunday, Allie Grossman, class of 2015, was named a first alternate for Team USA in the biathlon. Uh, We've talked about Allie before and what she meant to the Bobcats, four years of skiing for Bates, and she was a female athlete of the year in 2015. Um, How proud are you? I mean, you must be uh, uh, over the moon about this in terms of her getting to travel to Beijing, right? Uh, It's
5: unbelievable, right? She's been working so hard. uh, And, you know, it just to me shows her grit and determination. She's always shown that. uh, And, you know, she had the opportunity this past weekend to really um, showcase what she could offer the team. And I think the results that she put up this past weekend really uh, put her in a position to be named the alternate. I have only texted with her. I haven't had a chance to talk with her yet. Um, But we're, uh, we're so thrilled for her and her brother Eli is also on the team. Um, And he, you know, he brings that same energy that Hallie had. So we're, um, we're excited to follow along and, um, and see if she has the opportunity to be, you know, to get into a race over there. But just being there, the experience, um, you know, is, something that, um, you know, will last a lifetime for her. And hopefully she can come back and talk about that.
0: Excellent. Well, are there any other thoughts you want to share about the upcoming Nordic skiing season we haven't got to talk about yet?
5: Uh, I think most importantly, we're all really looking forward to um, getting the Nordic community back together. Uh, I think there's uh, a feeling of, you know, incredible gratefulness to to have a season upon us that we're actually able to, Um, compete in you know and uh, and our athletes are excited about it I I think what they have learned uh, over the course of the last year and a half is to take every opportunity that's put in front of them because you never know right you never know so that's how we're approaching each weekend you know to to really um, give it your all to not save anything for anything right because um, you don't know what tomorrow's bringing and you know we'll um, we're really looking forward to it.
0: Excellent. Becky Woods, thank you so much for joining us on the Bobcast to preview the Nordic skiing season. Really appreciate it. Thanks, Aaron. On Monday, Bates Senior Associate Head Coach and Offensive Coordinator Castavius Patterson will once again serve as one of the head coaches at the Dream Bowl, an annual all-star football game spotlighting the top players from the FCS, Division II and Division III. This year, he'll be joined by Bates Senior Brennan Costa, who recently accepted an invitation to play in the game. Costa set the single-season program record for passing yards this fall, but fans may see him at a different position on Monday. Happy to have Custavius Patterson and Brendan Costa with us here on the Bobcast talking about the dream bowl coming up here on Monday and coach Patterson, you've been involved with the dream bowl for quite some time. Take us through kind of the short history of maybe how you got involved with this event.
6: Yeah. So um, starting out a few years ago, I was an NFL liaison in the New York city area. Um, And when the dream bowl came about the owners originally from the Brooklyn, New York area, he wanted to grow the game Um, at the time he had, you know, uh, decent pockets, uh, pretty big pockets, and he wanted to do something to be able to give back to, uh, you know, kids that, that played at a small school level. Uh, it was one of those things where he just needed some net from the NFL, CFL uh, just to bring some attention to the game. And, and at that time, I had a lot of contacts with the NFL, CFL professional teams, so definitely wanted to branch out and help him with that. And also, I wanted to be able to help uh, the kids on our current roster in the New York City area get even more exposure that who wanted to, you know, try to continue their dream and chase their dream of uh, playing at the next level. So I wanted to make sure that we created as many platforms and avenues as possible to create those opportunities for those kids to exploit their their, their dream, to seek their dreams, to, uh, to, to live their dreams, to make it possible. And so that's how the Dream Bowl kind of came about. And and it just kind of found me, you know, Neil Marvon, he just kind of found me. And, and it was one of those things I looked on one day and I got a phone call. It was like, hey, I'm Neil. And you know, I would like to come over and talk to you I'm right across the bridge. And, you know, I brought him over and, and we had we had to sit down and talk and he explained the concept to me. And I liked the concept but because I believe in giving back and I believe in helping people. And I think that's very, very important uh, to to put young people in a situation to succeed.
0: And then this year, obviously, first time I think we've had a Bates player play in the Dream Bowl. Brendan Costa here. Uh, Brendan, just tell me a little bit about how this opportunity came up for you.
7: Well, uh, Coach Patterson's been talking about it for a long time. Uh, me uh, playing in this game, uh, we had a pretty good year in 2021 from a uh, from an offensive standpoint. Uh, I think we were we kind of came into our own a little bit more than than uh, than in previous years. Um, and then after the season, Coach Patterson called me said, "Hey, uh, do you still want to play in the Dream Bowl?" And I said, "Of course." Um, and especially with losing my last game to COVID protocol and all that, it kind of gives us our final game together, which, which is, uh, which is really nice. So I'm really excited to be uh, back on the field with coach Patterson for sure.
0: Final game together, but a little bit of a twist here. We might be seeing you line up at wide receiver. How have you been preparing for this? Maybe a position change here.
7: <laughs> yeah. So I, so the only other quarterback I know, and obviously during the summer I'm, 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 I'm the one that's training to play quarterback. So it's, it's kind of easier to find receivers, but it is not easy to find quarterbacks. Uh Especially where uh, where I'm from, but uh, one of our guys, Liam Liam Foley, on our on our roster, he lives kind of close to me, so I've been going up to Foxborough to uh, visit him and to work out as a receiver. Just and I had always kind of been a little shorter and just a little bit more nimble uh, than uh, than uh, other quarterbacks. So just working on my routes, working on my hands, uh, just trying to get kind of accustomed to a new position because it's 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 gonna it's gonna feel different. But I don't think it's
6: anything that I can't do for sure.
0: And Costavious, from your perspective, what does Brennan need to do to succeed at this position to switch? <laughs>
6: <laughs> I'm, I'm very curious. Uh, I think it's one that uh, we've we've kind of talked about a little bit. You know, uh, you know, just maximizing his ability and his opportunity. You know, um, and I think his mother probably knows better than any of us. Uh, that probably planted this idea, right? Brendan probably knew yeah. that he was a receiver, and you know he has some wonderful parents, and, and you know they're very goal-oriented people. So they have a vision, and um, and and I think uh, one of the things is I think it's pretty accurate onto what Brendan's goals is, and one of the things is, hey, he's an athlete, you know, yeah, he's a football player, uh, but he's an athlete, you know, and and so this is a good measuring stick to see how he can he translate his game over uh to doing something different after being a, a quarterback his whole career for the most part um, I'm, I'm very curious to see him against some of the best players in America uh, and see how and see how this transformation works out for him um, again we're going to do everything to put him in position to showcase his abilities to to put him in the best position to get the, the notoriety that he wants
0: and Brendan, um, I see some online some of your teammates, some of your receivers at Bates are pretty excited to see what you can do at their position, right? <laughs> yeah, because during during during
7: practice, I would I would be I would be teasing them about my hands and that I have the best hands on the team, which is obviously not true at all. Um, so I'm I'm really excited that I have a very good uh, uh, support system from my team. A lot of my receivers, I've I've actually reached out to them personally to ask them for pointers or anything that they're kind of looking for in the game. Like guys like Jackson Hayes, Sean Bryan, Muhammad D.O.R., guys like that, um, that have that, that have played at this level for for a while now. So they they've been really really good, and they and, and they are excited to kind of see their quarterback uh, play play some receiver. Uh, so it's just it's just it's just a very exciting time to kind of go onto the field and not have to really worry about orchestrating the whole offense and just
0: kind of going out there and playing. So I'm very excited for it. And you're going up against guys from like D two and even from FCS as well. So how excited are you to see yourself, you know, compete against guys, at, you know, these levels that are, you know, supposedly are higher than D three, right?
7: <laughs> yeah. yeah, So I love to compete. I feel like that's why I play the game. I love, I love competition. So uh, whoever's put in front of me, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna give my best effort, and whatever happens, happens. But I'm, I'm very confident in, uh, in uh, what I can do on, on, the field, especially with the football. So I'm just, I'm just excited to compete against the best. That's why I'm going, and um, it's, it's just, it's just very exciting.
0: And because Davis is someone who's coached this game for a number of years now, um, I mean, what kind of talent is coming in, you, uh, you know, FCS, is it all seniors or is it all the, um, all classes?
6: Okay. It's just seniors. It's a just senior, senior it's a, game. It's a okay. senior game yep. uh, for all levels of football. When it first started out years ago, it started out as a division three division two concept. Mm-hmm. And then uh, when I came aboard year three, that's when the FCS players started coming on board. And now uh, in year 10 of this, this game, there is some power five kids in there. Okay. Whether through bounce back or kids that can get into the East Worcester uh, Senior Bowl, Neil has made it available for a few Power Five and a group of five players to tip in the game. So there's a few kids there that are still Power Five guys and a few guys that are transferred by the portal and has found themselves at D2s and other programs that's bounce back. So there's a combination of Power Five, uh, Division I, A, Division II, um, and the best Division Three NIA talent you can find in America. Uh, you know, it's a melting pot of the best talent in America you can find in, and uh, some of the best, most ambitious kids you want to meet. I mean, this is uh, for sure, it's not the, the shrine bowl or anything, not an indictment on it, but these kids here sure are going to fight a little harder. These are the kids that feel very underprivileged and they, they, they have a chip on their shoulder in this game. So it's, it's, it's a very competitive, exciting game. I watched over 20 to 30-some kids go on and get uh, some type of professional contracts from this game. So it is, it is, it is the real deal.
0: And Brendan, yeah, what do you see as kind of your goal of for what you want to see emerge from this game? Like if you have a good game at wide receiver, what do you kind of vision for moving forward even? Perhaps.
7: Yeah, I, th- I think I think my mentality on the football field has been whatever a coach needs me to do, I'll do. And I think I think my skill set, I can I can do a lot of different things. Um, I can throw the football, I think I can catch the football, I think I can. I can run the football. I can return kicks. I think I, I I just feel like I've I've gone through my whole entire football career doing a bunch of different things, and then I, this game I can finally showcase them. So whatever happens, happens. I'm just going to compete. Uh and uh and if I get any calls, like that's a great thing. So I'm just excited to go out there and compete against the best, and that's and that's and that's all I can ask for. And and I can thank Coach Patterson for uh for uh, helping me helping me along the way through through my uh through my time at Bates to kind of get me ready for this game. Um, as we had always talked about it and kind of doing a bunch of different things at practice to kind of tone my skills just a little bit more.
0: Yeah. Just to follow up on that, actually, I mean, you and coach Patterson obviously worked together for a number of years now. What's this dynamic been like from your perspective, Brendan?
7: I mean, I feel like I, I wish, I wish I came, I, I wish that he had come in when, when I was a freshman, because then we would have four full years together. Cause I think we had three years and the first two years we we're kind of getting our, uh, we we're kind of getting our bumps and bruises, but I think this past season we, we set a lot of all-time records at Bates together, and I, and, uh, I think we're on the same page uh, much more than, than uh, what than what we had been in in the past. Um, so I feel like this game could kind of bring that full circle even more. And um, Coach Patterson and I have a great relationship. We're always in the film room together, always in his office together, just breaking down film, talking about what, about what we want to do. And he gave me a lot more power this season um, to kind of look at the field and, and kind of make the, the decisions that I wanted to make. And uh, I think it worked out. I I just think we're a great tandem. And and uh, I'm sure I'm sure he would say the same.
6: Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. We're definitely a great fit. I think we understand. I think he understands the way I think and how I want to attack. And I think um, we understand uh, each other's mind and his skill set. And I think his skill set with my mind is a great deal. And he's, he's made me a 10 times better coach and has opened my mind up to a lot of different ideas and creativity and stuff like that. So for every great thing he said about me, He's given me five different ways to be a better coach, too, as well. Um, and 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 for this game for him, this is not just about him, it's also about baits that go down and bring information back to baits. You know, number one let's go and fly the Bates flag all over America. Every chance we get a chance, it's to a camp clinic? Let's fly the Bates flag, right? And then number two, the information for him to bring back to some of his teammates to let them know what is down the road. Some, you know, some of these guys we got coming up, we got some pretty high-end football players. Brandon is just the first step of many high-end football players that we do have on our current roster. And as more of them come up the pipe, many of them is going to need this information of what kind of talent base that's going to be waiting on them down the road outside of the NASCA. And so he's going to be able to give those guys some insight that the typical NASCAR kid won't be able to get because he's going to see the group of five kids. He, he's going to see the speed. He's going to see their strength. He's going to see it all. And that's going to be helpful to information that he can bring back to the Coltons of the world, the Lim Foley's, the, 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 die wars, uh, the Sharon Bryants and, you know, all those guys are my babies. The Christian Oliveri's this is going to be very vital to the, the experience for him that he's going to gain to bring back to these guys as well. You know, so, this, is, this serves a lot of different magnitudes for our program right now.
0: Yeah, excellent. And the game, of course, is Monday, January 17th. Um, the Dream Bowl, you can go to dreambowl.net to watch it. They do have a live video feed of the game, so that should be fun to watch Brendan play some wide receiver. Uh, Brendan Costa, <laughs> Gustavius Patterson, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. Really appreciate it. Thank you, Aaron. The track and field teams had their meet this Saturday at Brandeis canceled, but as I speak, they've added a meet Saturday at MIT against the Engineers and the University of Southern Maine. We'll recap that meet and preview the rest of the season on next week's episode of the Bobcast. Plus, look back at a huge weekend for Bates Hoops. All that and more next time on the Bates Bobcast. All right.